podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm. Welcome to Run With It, the podcast that brings you business ideas from established entrepreneurs. Each episode, you'll hear a new business idea and the exact steps our guests would take to get started. Follow through and you can earn a free mentoring session with today's guest and potentially a business partnership. Here are your hosts, Chris Justin and Ethan Janney. I'm Chris Justin. And I'm Ethan Janney. And on today's show, we have Mubashar Iqbal. But you can call him Mubs. It's much easier. He loves making things. He's been making things since uh, he was about eight years old. He made so many things that he was selected as Product Hunt's Maker of the Year for 2016, runner-up in 2015 and 2017. Recently, he's been trying to help others make more. You might know him as the founder of Pod Hunt, a daily curation of the best new podcasts. Mubs, welcome. Hey, Ethan, thanks. Thanks for having me. And Chris, too. I'm excited to, to kind of help people uh, make more right on your podcast as well. Yeah, we're very excited to have you. So, Mubs, you've built plenty of things over the years. I can see your background, and we'll link to that on the show notes. We are going to challenge you to help our listeners do the same here. So, first question for you. Tell us about a problem that you're seeing in the world today. So, it's actually funny. So, I think... Last week, I wrote a blog post series recently, a year and a half ago, I think it was, that kind of walked through the steps that I take to build a side project. Um, and uh, I decided I was I was thinking about turning that series into a podcast where each episode would be one of the steps involved with kind of creating a project. So it kind of feels, feels right into line with kind of what you guys are doing here. But the problem that I ran into was like, uh, just like a lot of other people who are thinking about starting podcasts was, well, I don't really know where to start. <laughs> uh, and so part of the sort of, uh, so, so the pain that I kind of felt was, is like, I want to start a podcast, but there's lots to do in terms of starting that podcast. But I wanted to get something up and running really quickly in terms of a site uh, where people could subscribe and find out more about the podcast and find out when I launched episodes and things like that. So I didn't really find something that I was really happy with other than making my own site. Um, so my thought is basically, what if there was a place that somebody could come to and in a matter of a minute or two have a kind of coming soon page for a podcast um, where people could subscribe and you could give them a little bit more information about what you were planning and, and sort of those kind of things. Cool. So this would be a, uh, a splash page, landing page that you could quickly create for soon to be podcasters. Is that correct? Yeah. So I'm hoping to unpack it here with you guys, but the, but the idea is it's either going to be kind of a landing page, which just like, you know, people sign up and they create a page just for their specific podcast. But I was also thinking about, well, what if it was more of a social network kind of thing where everybody can, you know, where anybody can join and we list all of the podcasts that people are thinking about creating and based on by on the number of subscribers that they have and things like that, we kind of have a, a list on the homepage, which lists all of the upcoming, coming soon kind of podcasts. Um, and then we can kind of, so if somebody's interested in, you know, what people are working on, they can see that there might be a podcast coming in the future that they're really interested in as well. So, it, so yeah, so hopefully we'll unpack it and figure out, like, does it make sense to make something for, for kind of hosters themselves, people who are thinking about becoming podcasters and just have like a one pager that is specific to their podcast? Or is it makes more sense to have something that's uh, more of a landing page that has a list of, of kind of upcoming podcasts that you might be interested in as well? It almost makes me think of 
a broader idea, but we can keep it narrower to, to podcast, but it's almost like baby Kickstarter, right? It's like, <laughs> it's like just, it's just ideas, you know, right. this could be a cool podcast. Uh, and you don't vote by buying anything. You vote by just subscribing to an email list and saying, yeah, you know what? I would really love to listen to that podcast. You know, the podcast where you listen to banana experts talk about, you know, preventing brown spots or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. oh, that's, that's my dream. I'd love it that it'd come to reality. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so I think it, it, you know, it's, it's a way to kind of throw an idea out there. I'm thinking about starting a podcast on this particular sort of area of, of kind of expertise. I, you know, I'm, like you said, I'm an expert in fruit. I'm going to talk about a different fruit every week, <laughs> you know, sort of that kind of thing uh, and see if people are interested. Right. Right. Yeah. My, one of my first objections to it was like, Oh, you know, it's just going to be a place where people just put out all kinds of garbage ideas and stuff like that. But if if you kind of push it in that direction, right? If you push it as like a filtering device where people, yeah, just put your ideas up, it's fine. Maybe you even make the subscriber count public. Right. Yep. So maybe the person who came up with the idea, maybe they're not taking action on getting it started, but they can see there's like a ton of demand for this specific thing so some outsider could just start that podcast because it needs to get started yeah, I mean, i've seen similar things done in just like the sort of overall idea space right like in terms of you know i've got an idea for a startup you know here's here's what i'm thinking here's what i'm planning but you know obviously podcasting is its own thing i think having something that's focused down on podcasting and the podcasting audience as well i think would be a cool way to kind of say okay where is the industry headed in terms of what people want to listen to and how they want to listen to it as well um, so having a place where people can who want to start a podcast but don't quite know what to kind of record every week, we can kind of give them the ideas. You know, and eventually you can even have things like request a podcast. So if you're if you're somebody who's interested in listening to a podcast and you're like, well, I wish there was a podcast about this, but I don't know how to. Rec- I, I'm not an expert in that. So maybe you could have both kind of a marketplace where it's like people thinking about starting podcasts or people who want to listen to a podcast, but they don't, but they're not an expert in that as well. So you could actually grow into this idea of people pitching podcasts and people, you know, uh, saying, I want a podcast about as well. It's really interesting when you think about how you could vet your idea before you actually go through all the effort of it. Reflecting on Ethan and my experience in starting this podcast, we thought it was a good idea. We and we talked with several people that gave us good feedback on it, but your friends and family are more reluctant to tell you the the truth of it, right? They'll subscribe to uh, to help you out. I mean, we did a little bit more than that. I posted on Reddit on business ideas and got a couple people engaged with that. We've gotten great feedback from all of the guests that we've had, which to me is the the uh, biggest metric that indicates that. This is an idea that's worth latching onto, but that's not really a, an easy thing to figure out or there's no defined place to do that. You have to do it as a piecemeal way. So I love the idea of bringing a bunch of people together who already listen to podcasts will give you honest feedback on whether your podcast is interesting to them or not. And maybe you have different categories that people subscribe to, right? Maybe there's a, a section of people who express interest in in business and in entrepreneurship, and there's a section of people who express interest in uh, quilting or whatever sports, something right. with sports, right? Something completely different because you don't want otherwise. Not everyone is interested in everything, right? And the people who are interested in sports, I know you you like football. Uh, 
us in the U.S. we call it soccer. Yep. But <laughs> we won't get into that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> people who are interested in in uh, football, they might just downvote your podcast idea because they don't really care about it. But if you have them only, if you're only showing uh, categories that they're interested in, I think that there's there's something to this. Yeah, and, and I'm not sure you would do the whole upvote the time vote thing. I think kind of like kind of like Ethan mentioned, you, based on the number of subscribers you get, right? Like if you post your, your your sort of abstract of what the podcast is about, if people find it interesting, they hit the subscribe option. If they if it's not interesting, they just skip past it, right? So so just based purely on the number of subscribers that you get, that's a really good metric to to, to kind of know. And now that you have subscribers. You can then email them with more specifics, right? And say, look, here's the format of the episodes that we're, that we're experimenting with. Do you think that's a good idea? Or do you think it's a bad idea? Do you think it should be 20 minutes long? Do you think it should be 40 minutes long? You can experiment with all of those kind of things and see what people think in terms of what would be a good format, what would be, who, who would be good potential people to have on the podcast if it's that kind of podcast as well. So it gives you that option to kind of explore some more options um, and, and to find out if people think if it's a good idea or not. So I think oh, yeah, ultimately that's, that's the end result that you want to find. Like, have I found the first hundred people who are going to listen to my podcast? If I spend the next two months working on this recording episodes, launching it, Am I going to launch it to zero people or do I already now have a hundred people who are going to listen to that first episode? I'm also thinking of an almost, I know the word invasive comes up, but <laughs> we have so many invasive things nowadays. We have devices listening to everything we say in our houses, but <laughs> almost like really, really coaxing this idea to happen. I love it because, you know, that's kind of what we're doing here, trying to make ideas happen. And you could even have an automated sort of, you could have a play in the email, in, uh, in the emailing, right? And so let, let's say somebody said, oh, I want to start a podcast on surfing. And then, you know, you get like 100 people who say, yeah, I'd subscribe to that. But the system that you've created knows that that person has not done anything about it, right? And maybe it automates an email to the list of 100 people. It's like, hey, so-and-so said they were going to start a podcast about therapy, but they're not doing anything about it. Do you want to give them a nudge or do you want to unsubscribe? You know, maybe it could be as simple as that, right? And because I think there is a space for that where the, you can get encouragement, I guess, and, and from the people that that would be interested in subscribing to, to the things. But the system would have to kind of provoke it a little bit. Yeah, and then you know, even just having like weekly yeah, emails that you. So let's say you create that you want to launch this new podcast, and and if you forget to come back to the website, you know, if kind of all of a sudden every week I get an email that says there's a hundred people waiting for this podcast. Why haven't you right. built this thing yet? Right, um, right. Yeah, just having that kind of feedback loop that kind of closes in and says, hey, you've got fifteen people since last week who are you know new people are interested as well. I think that kind of that kind of excitement that you would kind of have the fact that hey, there's people coming still. I have this idea a month ago and every week there's new people who say yes i want to hear this um i think i think that kind of will kind of lead you into that path but i think ultimately it's kind of like you said it's like that if we do have kind of a a leaderboard somewhere that says these are the podcast ideas that have the most uh most interest if, if if you don't act on it, somebody else will for sure. So so just kind of make me yeah, making sure that uh, you kind of close that loop to say if you don't act on this, somebody else will. <laughs> Having that list of subscribers before launching can help with is attracting guests and quality guests. Right? If you can <laughs> say, hey, there are a bunch of people who are already waiting for this podcast to be released. 
you might be able to attract a, a, a higher caliber guest than if you're just starting out, right? If you, if you didn't have that, maybe you'd, the first person you would interview would be your mom. And no offense to your mom, but you know, that's, <laughs> it, it's just a... I bet she's a fantastic helper since Ethan's going to start a podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which don't forget about the banana podcast. Uh, go out and start a banana podcast. That's it. <laughs> you know? um, so yeah, I think that there's there's a lot of different angles that we can take this. Well, and obviously one one of the things that because I obviously you know as, as we talked about, I do a lot of side projects. I do a lot of things like this. Uh, but I also think it's the sort of thing that we could start really fast as well. Like it doesn't need to have all the features that we've just even that, that, that we've even spoken about, right? Like to, to get the basic simple MVP out there, to, to get something in the hands of people who can list the podcast and people can start to follow a podcast or subscribe or whatever that is the term that we want to use. It's a pretty simple, you know, it's a simple sign up, add your podcast and let people subscribe to it kind of thing, right? Like we don't, have to build a whole bunch of features that are going to take months and months and months to add. You know, it's something that if I was at a hackathon, I could probably finish it in a weekend, you know, so that, that kind of, if I, if I wanted to not sleep or any of that kind of fun stuff, but, uh, but yeah, in, in a couple of weeks, you could have a very, very simple, very <laughs> scaled back version of what we're kind of, of, of kind of what we started to kind of plan out in terms of what the long-term vision looks like, just to make sure, just like you said, how do we validate the idea? One one of the things that I love to do is just to is to build the bare minimum, and I, you know people have been talking about these sort of MVP a lot, but I think most people's MVPs aren't really MVPs because they build way too much into them in terms of features and functionality. Uh, and one of the reasons I'm able to launch stuff uh, as fast as I do is because I really really scale things down to like what is the really you know what's the core feature that we need to be able to launch with. Um, and I think with, with this idea too, it's like I said, you really just need a way for people to sign up, way to add a podcast, and then a way for somebody else to sign up and follow a podcast. And that's it. That's the core features that you need. If you can do that, um, then you can, then you have a functioning application. In this case, we could, we could have this up and running in less than a week. I mean, really it's, it's kind of a weekend thing. I think that's really important to talk about what the exact starting, uh, MVP would be. I also think that there may be some listeners who it would be helpful to hear what this grand vision could be ultimately for the podcast. So maybe talk about that just for uh, a quick uh, 30 seconds or a minute or so. I'm picturing right now, Apple has this almost this uh, monopoly. monopoly. Yeah, they have a, almost a monopoly on, on podcasts, but Google is getting up there and Spotify is as well. But uh, the Apple ecosystem for podcasts, it's not super intuitive. Um, there's that... People also listen to section uh, for podcast discovery, but a lot of people aren't really. There's there's no one place that people can go uh, across platforms to discover podcasts that they like right now, right? And yeah, and that's that's the pitch for PodHunt as well, right? Like the whole idea about PodHunt was I want to listen to a podcast. It doesn't matter if I'm on Android or on on Windows or Apple products. I, I want to listen to really cool stuff, and I don't want to listen to the same, you know, super famous podcast. I don't want to listen to Joe Rogan every week. I don't want to listen to Conan O'Brien. I want to listen to something cool, something interesting in a topic that I think is interesting. 
And so having a website, uh, you know, kind of as, as, as a starting point that anybody can access, doesn't matter what their platform is. Um, and then anybody can submit an episode as well, right? So if you, if you've got a really cool episode about surfing that, that you want to submit, feel free. So you can find that out. And that was kind of also what led into the idea for this kind of podcast coming soon kind of page was that I just wanted to make it easy for people to start a podcast on a topic that they're interested in. But people are, are people have that kind of fear of, well, I'm going to spend a long time on recording the podcast, launching it, you know, doing all the things that you need to do to launch it, and then I'm not going to have an audience. Um, so if we can kind of solve that problem in terms of, well, it, you know, if you know that you're going to have 20, 50, 100 people at least listen to that first episode, if you do a really awesome job on that first episode, you've started that ball of growing your audience and, and kind of having a solid starting point as well. And that obviously feeds, uh, that helps me out on PodHunt as well, because now I've got some really new, awesome content that people would be able to, to, to kind of find as well. So I'm just trying to get the ball rolling and kind of feeding into itself as well. <laughs> a couple other topics I'm thinking of in terms of objections almost, or just things to think about. So I'm reminded of Kickstarter. And uh, I'm also reminded of blogs and podcasts, I guess, in general. Um, but say Kickstarter, a lot of people think you can just put your idea up on Kickstarter. And then that's how you get the money for it and how people find it is they're just looking at Kickstarter and they happen to find this cool thing. And the truth is, if you do any research on it, the people who actually do successful Kickstarter campaigns, they've got a whole plan in place, you know, 90 days before they even start or even further along, right? They're going to, they've got their friends and family. They're all going to email them on the same day. They're going to get these articles written about it. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. And, you know, and people are going to, then that's how people are going to find out about it. So Seth Godin says that it it should be called kick finisher instead of kickstart. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I guess my point there is what happens with this idea, right? Are people just going to pick up their own, tricks and tips on how to get people to subscribe is a service going to help them understand how to do that um and and also how are people going to find the service in the first place and we haven't gotten to that yet but like you know kind of marketing this and seeing you know getting people there and and getting to use it yeah i mean i think all valid arguments and 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 all valid things to consider i think yes absolutely i think i mean with most kind of those kind of marketplace kind of things uh, I think there's going to be a mixture of that, right? There's going to be the people who already have a good following on social media and things like that. who are thinking about starting a podcast right. who are going to drag their audience with them. And that's fantastic. You know, they, or they have their own emailing list or, you know, kind of what, what, whatever it happens to be that they, they're already using some other kind of medium to engage with their audience. And they're thinking about starting a podcast, but they're not sure exactly what the podcast should look like. What, what, you know, what should the topic of that podcast be? So using something like this service would kind of help them pin down which of their audience is actually interested in kind of hearing a podcast. And then what is the format of that podcast? What is the sort of content of that podcast as well? So just like a really kind of fluid and easy way to kind of transition from wherever they are to kind of where they want to be. Um, And then I think you're you're kind of going to have the other end of the spectrum too. People who are just new, who are just starting out, have no idea about anything in terms of their audience or anything like that, but they've got an idea for a podcast, but they don't know if there's an audience for that podcast. So listing themselves, they're kind of hoping to be found by the other people who are coming to the service as well. And I think that, I think, I think those, those are two kind of super valid use cases as well. 
And in many ways, that second audience kind of user is the opportunity to make some money from the service as well, right? Like we can give the, obviously once you list your podcast, it's going to appear on the podcast and, and sort of, sort of that kind of thing. Eventually, I think as a way to make money from the services, you can kind of, you kind of offer marketing services, right? So you can say you don't have your own audience, but you want to see if this idea is any good for, you know, for a hundred bucks or whatever the sort of number ends up being, we can email a segment of our audience and put your podcast in front of them to see if they're interested. So you offer kind of marketing service to say, test your idea. And if you don't have an audience already, we already, you know, we are based on however many subscribers we have, we can give you some access to some percentage of those people who said that they're open to receiving these kind of ideas and, and kind of seeing if it's something that they would be interested in as, as well. Right. Yeah, that's great. Those are great points. And I think that this is um, probably one of the most common mistake for developers, people who are, you know, heavy into programming is they think they could just make something and put it out there and then people will show up and, 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 and do it. And so I think this, what you've just said, gives us a really genius idea about how to take that sort of uh, roadblock that people get into. Okay, you could make this, sure. You could make a place for people to play, sign up, create a podcast, subscribe to a podcast. You, you did that, you're, you know, you're a bit developer, you can get that together. So now, what's the next step? I like the idea of influencers or people who probably would already have a bigger audience towards their podcasts, getting them on there first and, or somebody who should start a podcast and start contacting people who, I don't know if you can hear it through the grapevine that somebody's thinking of starting a podcast, but you could, you probably, maybe you could, it depends. And then, um, but especially like brands and products and people who you look at their thing and it's just like, oh, all they're missing is a podcast. And you like literally approach them, you email them, uh, call them, whatever it takes and say, hey, are you thinking about starting a podcast? Yeah. You could you could actually like, oh, if you wanted to get growth hacky and stuff, right? Like you could reverse the process. Like I could just go list a podcast. That would be awesome for, you know, person XYZ. Mm. Once you've got a certain number of people following along and saying, oh, I want, I want this podcast. I want it now. Right. You can reach out and be like, hey, look, we've got this service. And we would you like to take ownership of this podcast? Would you like to take ownership of this? Right. Uh, so that you can then kind of transition that kind of over as well. So, it, I mean, I, that's not probably something I would do because I don't really like those kind of hacky things. But, but yeah, you know, as, as if somebody was looking for ways to kind of build a service like this, because, I mean, because it happened a lot with like, I think there was a lot of these kind of, uh, I didn't get satisfaction, those kind of things. Uh, there was, there was a thing where they would set up a kind of a site for like providing feedback to your, uh, to your customers, but, it, but none of the companies had actually signed up for the service, but they were using the get satisfaction boards to kind of list, you know, sort of new features that they wanted and, and, you know, kind of issues that they were kind of running into. And eventually you would go back to the company and say, Hey, we've got this board set up where, where your customers are kind of already uh, providing feedback and stuff. You should probably sign up to the service so that you can access this and kind of interact with them and stuff like that. Um, I don't, I don't like that. It's a, it's a bit hacky. It's a bit, you know, it's, it's a maybe borderline in terms of whether you should do it or not, but but again, in this case, at least, you know, there's no real fee to kind of use the service or anything like that. So, and it's, and then, you know, the sort of idea of the podcast itself is, anybody can have the idea, right? So it's not like you're actually like stealing, 
stealing people's audience or anything like that as well. So, so I do think there is a bunch of opportunity here to kind of build an ecosystem around the sort of idea of starting new podcasts. Thinking about what's in it for the, uh, the influencers who don't already have a podcast, if they came to this platform, they'd be able to uh, cross-pollinate their influencers with other people who mm-hmm. uh, are, sim- are in similar segments, right? So that's the, the main appeal for them. One, the tool in my mind, the tool itself would be easy to use. Right now, if people, you, you just put a poll out there for a podcast idea, right? You put it on Twitter and yeah. you had a poll. That's a, a bare bones way of asking something like this. But there are all sorts of other things that you could ask, right? If you had a, a page on the service that we're describing, maybe you have, uh, so you have the idea itself, and then maybe you have a, a couple titles that people can say, I prefer this title or that title. And down the line, you could have cover art, right? Uh, this cover art or that cover art, which one do you prefer? And you can get that immediate feedback from the people who are going to be your first fans. And that engagement is valuable in in itself. Uh, The feedback is valuable in itself, I should say, um, to help you choose what you should uh, launch with. But also that engagement, it gets people, your initial fans invested in your idea. Uh, This is talked about a lot, but they're invested and they want to see it succeed. They feel like they're part of it. Right, which they are. Yeah, that's thinking about some of the features and the benefits that we can provide to uh, to content creators. Those are some of the some of the ideas that come up for me. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, in, in my specific case, in terms of what what I'm thinking about right now, is like like I said, I mean, a lot of it is to get the feedback loop and the just to kind of feed into PodHunt as well. So PodHunt is kind of both a source of traffic and a destination once you've launched as well, right? So so I'm, I'm just trying to figure out like, you know, how can I use the audience that I have on PodHunt to obviously I want to send people to podcasts, but if I can use the audience to kind of say, well, you should go look at this list of potential podcasts as well. Like there's kind of a way to drive traffic from PodHunt back, back into what this other service would be. So as a way to kind of seed the initial audience and the way to see the sort of initial people, even if you've got a podcast already, maybe you're thinking about starting a second or third podcast as well. So, right. Just cause you've got one podcast, you know, you kind of, you kind of like the idea of having two or three as well. Uh, so, but being able to test which podcast you want to actually launch as well, uh, I think is kind of another kind of awesome way to kind of use the, the, the kind of service as well. And it also shows the people who are who are potentially listening that this person is actually serious about podcasting as well so so they kind of already have the experience on 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 the one side of things if they're thinking about starting something in an unrelated area uh, they kind of have that option as well one one thing i'm thinking of which we haven't talked about too much is uh sponsors for podcasts and it seems like this this idea has a unique opportunity where you have really clear numbers Right. And that's what sponsors care about. And maybe even demographics, you know, maybe, you know, like what kind of people are listening to what podcasts. So is that something that we think about incorporating, like connecting people with sponsors? Maybe it's part of the monetization of it that the sponsors pay to like, you know, kind of get connected with the podcasters that are launching through the service. Any thoughts on that? It's potential there, right? Like obviously it gets a little bit tricky because obviously people haven't launched yet. So you don't know what the podcasts are going to look like. You don't know how long they're going to be or how many plays they're going to get, all that kind of stuff. But even, but even just the idea of, you know, having a sponsor while you're kind of, or even just knowing that people are interested in sponsoring as well, I think is kind of interesting that, 
you know, because ultimately people want to make some money from the podcast because there is some expense involved with recording and hosting and doing all that kind of stuff. Uh, so, but it's just, so knowing that that sponsors might be interested because I think that's usually because you normally end up having to wait six months to a year before you can really get podcast sponsors because you yeah you because know, you want that track record of knowing how many people are going to listen and and, and you know and, and how many people are interested if you can go into a meeting with a, a potential sponsor and be like hey we've got you know 500 people already signed up or 100 people already signed up who want to see this podcast um you know even though you know you, you might have to work out special rates or whatever but uh but having those kind of like you said, just having those numbers that you can introduce into the into the conversation earlier, I think would would be interesting. Um, I think as as a podcast, I mean, obviously, I think the sort of nat- the sort of other natural way to make money from something like this is obviously all these people thinking about starting podcasts are going to need to host it somewhere, right? Like whether it's Transistor or Simplecast or you know Libsyn or whatever. Uh, affiliate programs or whatever. I mean, you've got a great avenue here to kind of send people to kind of all of these kind of hosting uh, kind of opportunities as well. So hopefully you can make some money on that end of things as well. Hosting opportunities and you can do Amazon affiliate links or other product affiliate links for microphones, for headphones, all that kind of stuff that you need in order to have a quality sounding podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I don't think there's a, w- a way to directly charge the people using the website. Uh, although, I mean, at some point, like we said, if people want to use them sort of marketing services and things like that, I think there's probably a sort of opportunity there as well. But I think you can indirectly make uh, some pretty good income as well. Can you, this may be a challenging question. Can you give some estimate ballpark figure for how much you think this idea could make it per month? I mean, I think it depends a little bit on how the launch goes, right? Like, cause I think it's probably a direct correlation to what the traffic numbers and email lists, how I would launch something like this is probably, you know, on things like product hunt and sort of those kind of areas and just try and build up a mailing list of people who are interested in finding out about new podcasts, right? So uh, if you can get a mailing list of 5,000, 10,000 people who you can email once a week to say, here's the top two or three podcasts that got added this week. If, if you can drive up that kind of uh, interest and, uh, and, and build it, um, I think the opportunity there to, to kind of funnel uh, people through to the different hosting opportunities and, and make affiliate revenue like that, I mean, I could, I could see it being pretty significant because I think most of those guys actually pay a fair amount for new customers. Like, I mean, I think, you know, I know some of the hosts pay something like five or ten dollars per new customer. That, that doesn't sound great, but if you can funnel in really qualified leads, I think you're going to turn that into uh, a significant amount of uh, income every month. So I'm I'm thinking about um, the the monetization of it. Uh, just the thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. Does it happen? sooner or later like is there a way to validate the monetization earlier so you know you're working on a worthwhile project but maybe because to me it sounds like something you have to build and build and then maybe after a year you start monetizing it or after a few months is that the way you're thinking about it i mean i think it's probably going to be a mixture there's going to be a few different revenue streams right like so i think with the with the affiliate stuff i think you you just put the affiliate links 
up immediately, right? So, and, and you do some content marketing around that too, in terms of the best podcast hosts and the best microphones and sort of those kind of things, just to attract some, some kind of interest, uh, just, just some kind of SEO stuff as well, just to get that kind of built up. That you could obviously, depending on how much traffic you get immediately, could start to generate a small amount of income almost immediately. Uh, the longer term strategy, I think, which is the, the marketing service, I think that's probably going to be the more significant income. Um, but you need to be more established to kind of charge people <laughs> for that. So I think it's probably you start off with the affiliate marketing and sort of, sort of that kind of end of things. Um, and then, um, and then eventually you, you start to have some significant traction in, in terms of, uh, users and, and sort of those kind of things. Then you start to offer the marketing service as well. So that's probably, Six months to a year out, I would think. Um, you could obviously start to validate on, on the affiliate stuff almost immediately, I think. So the, the monetization channels that we're talking about are the affiliate, uh, affiliate links, providing marketing services to people who are, who are um, starting out with the podcast to attract more listeners. Uh, also, we could do sponsorships, right? I think we talked about this a little bit earlier, but on the email that you're sending out, if you have five or 10,000 people on your list or, or more, and, and that's a very uh, clear demographic of people that are as part of that list, there are um, sponsors who would pay to have a banner ad in your email that you send out. I think to me, at least, it's it's clear that there, uh, if you have the, the base of users, that will be valuable in itself. And there are a lot of ways that you can monetize it. Probably want to think through how to do that without being intrusive or, uh, you know, you don't want to squander your user's attention. If you're providing value to people, you have their attention. The service is something that they're interested in. You'll be able to monetize it. This is how uh, media companies make money. <laughs> really. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the sort of other thing I like to think about is like, what's the cost to kind of operate a service, right? So you have an idea for a startup and stuff. Yes, you have to think about how you're going to make money, but you also think about how much money you're going to spend. What's, what's the operational cost? And, you know, what's it going to cost to actually operate the business? And, you know, the, I think, again, you know, one of the reasons I like, you know, building things like software and SaaS and stuff like that, even though this isn't a SaaS product <laughs> per se, but it's, you know, it's like the cost to the revenue ratios are usually pretty big. And I think, again, with something like this the website itself is pretty simple it's not like you need a big farm of servers to be able to support the sort of processing costs and things like that really i think the biggest expense will be the cost to email people like you know on a on a kind of regular basis but even that you know using something like amazon SES is very very cheap to send even hundreds of thousands of emails every month um which i don't think will you know i don't think you would reach that you know until a good six months a year kind of down the road anyway um, so really, yeah, you know, really the sort of cost I think is going to be the amount of time that you spend kind of working on it. It's always like, well, there's, there's an opportunity cost of, you know, could you be using that time elsewhere? But that's the sort of choices that we make as kind of founders of investing our time early. And I think outside of that, you're talking about maybe like 20, 30 bucks a month to kind of host this kind of thing and kind of have it operational. Um, so I think it's pretty cheap and affordable. And I mean, it's going to be less than a hundred bucks, let's say every month to kind of operate this thing. And so if you can cover your costs in the first few months of that, then really everything after that is just going to be uh, a good indicator that you're kind of on the right path. Right. So I want to bring in one thing because I see a relatively clear path for 
a developer to start this. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe if they're one of those developers that does not care about marketing, they partner with someone who's good at marketing or something like this. Um, what about the reverse? Do you have any ideas of that for what if somebody's listening, they're not a developer, they love the idea, they want to mm-hmm. find somebody maybe who is a developer, how, how would they pitch it to that person, get them on board? Any thoughts on that? Yeah. So I mean, I think you've actually got two options. I think everything we've talked about so far, there is a big no code movement right now in terms of like people using tools to build things that don't require you to know how to write any code. I think most of what we've talked about, you could, especially for the MVP, at least you could probably build most of that without writing any code. It would be obviously a very specific version that kind of focused itself around the idea of not having to write any code. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that so that would be your first option is just as a as a non technical founder just build something that will test the idea without having to write any code, mm-hmm. um, and you could do that probably in a week or two as well uh, using you know using some of those options that are out there. I'm a friend of Ben Tussle who runs MakerPad. Uh, makerpad.co, I think it is. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, so he's got a whole list. There's, there's a long list of tools in the no code space and he kind of has tutorials about how you can implement things with all those different tools as well. So that's your first option. Um, second option, yeah, is, you know, there, there basically are some communities out there. Things like indiehackers.com is a great place to go and hang out with other people who are trying to, to kind of make things like this and, and make things on the side and make things on weekends and evenings and things like that as well. Uh, where you can pitch your idea and say, hey, I've got, I've, you know, I've got, here's my expertise. Here's my background. Here's what I can bring to the table, but I'm looking for a, a co-founder who will, who will help me. Uh, peeled out this platform as well. There, there's some options there. If if you're if you're in a larger-ish city, uh, I I tell people you should go attend the local developer meetups as well. Uh, just go hang out, just hear what people are talking about, and then they usually have a time either pre or post event where you can angle and and talk to people and see if they're interested in in kind of working on on kind of hacking. On something like this, as a non-technical founder, I think it is very important, though, that you kind of share your idea of, not your idea, but just share what you're going to do on the project as well, right? Like, because from the technical founder side, it's kind of clear what you have to do. You have to build the website. You have to architect the website. You have to write the code and do all that kind of stuff. But as non-technical founder, it gets a little bit more vague in terms of what you're going to do while that's all happening. So if you can say, look, while you're making this platform for us, I'm going to go start the mailing list and and make sure we get a thousand people on the mailing list pre-launch and things like that. If you can, if you can show how you're going to be using your time while, while the sort of other founder is working on actually making the platform and stuff that puts me at, at kind of ease. One that the person is really invested in the idea that they're really, that they're really interested in the idea and they think that it will have long-term potential, but, but also that it's not just kind of a one-sided thing. Somebody's just throwing an idea out there saying, or if I can just make that person do all the work um, and then we'll just see what happens at launch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think definitely the things around like reaching out to influencers and trying to get them on board and and that kind of thing, I could see, I could see even a developer not being interested in that. Right. So I think that that's some of the lines along which um, a partner could offer, offer something special. I mean, yeah, there's, there's exceptions, but the vast majority of people who write code don't necessarily want to talk to other people. So, <laughs> so, so mm-hmm. yeah, having somebody else involved who can, who can talk to other folks and 
even once you've launched, right? Like at some point you have to talk to all the people who are posting their podcasts and things like that, make sure that they have all the features that they need, make sure that they have all of the things that, that will make that transition easy for them. But you need to talk to them to make sure that that's, that's actually happening. And, and having somebody else involved who's very comfortable doing that side of things, I think is kind of hugely important as well. So I, I think that we've got some clear action steps here. I really like this idea. Uh, I think it's great that it's something that someone can get going relatively quickly. We'll put all those links in the show notes and, and uh, provide some guidance for what listeners can do here. So if you're listening and you think that this is something that you'd like to do, follow through on this. If you're non-technical, go to the... the um, dev meetups. If you are technical, you can start building it. Follow through on these actions that we're talking about and let us know what you did. Email us with what you've done at update at runwithit.fm. And you might have a chance to partner with Mubs on this idea. Uh, Either partner with him at the very least, get a a mentoring session, a one-hour call with him where he can give you some feedback on some of the steps that you've taken. Mubs has built many products over the years, as we talked about at the top of the hour. So his uh, direct input with the with uh, the exact problems that you're facing is invaluable. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say absolutely. I'm usually pretty open to to helping people out, if, even if I don't have the time to actually launch the you know build the thing itself. I'm I'm usually uh, available to give feedback and stuff. Uh, most people reach out to me on Twitter, and and uh, I'm 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 happy to help if I can. Yeah, thank you very much. Anything else you'd like to leave our listeners with? Call to action, maybe a plug for some of your existing products? Yeah, no, really. I think, uh, you know, like everybody else, hopefully who's listening, I'm a big fan of podcasts. And if you're looking for new podcasts to listen to, podhunt.app is the place to go and find them. Very good. And your potential partner if you launch this project. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah and if you Great. have an idea for a podcast maybe just reach out to me and maybe we can we can talk about what what this service would actually look like i mean i think i think it would be obviously very i mean obviously i've got my experience of kind of about thinking about launching a podcast as well but it would be cool to hear from from other people who are actively uh either either in the process of uh, of kind of starting their podcast or, or just have the idea but you know what what would the features be that they're really interested in uh, to, to, to kind of have from a platform could potentially uh, offer as well. Great. Well, thank you so much for being here, Mubs. Looking forward to continuing the conversation with you and our listeners around this idea. Thanks, yes. Thanks for having me on. This was really uh, this was a really interesting podcast. Uh, this is the, the the format and stuff is uh, it's it's unusual, but I I think it's really interesting. So it, it, was, it was really exciting to, to kind of talk through an idea like this here. Now, it's time for you to run with it. Follow through on the action steps discussed and email a summary of what you did to update at runwithit.fm. Every listener who emails us will gain exclusive access to a private Facebook group of action takers. And one listener will earn a free mentoring session with today's guest and potentially a business partnership. Help us build the Run With It community of generous entrepreneurs. Please like, subscribe, and review us online. And remember, the secret of getting ahead is getting started.
The podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash run, that's R-U-N, and get 15% off your first year.